Welcome to another episode at the Be Guided and Be Great podcast, where being intuitive is understood and being sensitive is a good thing. I'm your host, Kate St. Clair. Welcome to the final episode in the Intuitive Makeover series. Uh, This is number four, and it is called um, Intuition and Parenthood. So by definition, parenthood means the state of being a parent and the responsibilities involved. So we're going to talk about what it means to be a parent, you know, how your integrated intuition looks um, as a parent before you integrate it and how it can look when your intuition is integrated and how that affects your children and how to start opening that dialogue to not only integrating your own intuition, but also uh, integrating your children's or opening the door so that they know that they too have an intuition and what family life can look like, what parent-child relationship can look like when there is a foundation of intuition um, as a parent, how it benefits you as the parent and how it can benefit your children as well. So I'm going to tell a few stories to illustrate sort of my own journey of of parenthood, of motherhood, and how my own intuitive story was, because there was definitely a before period for me as a parent, and then what our life looks like after, after I fully integrated my intuition, after I was able to come to terms with it, I understood how to use control and trust it, how I was able to uh, reach out and include my husband, and certainly how that affects my children as well. But before we dive in, I have to say right off the top, if you're listening to this podcast and I sound different, uh, we did a software update on our computer and I can't get the sound of my voice to sound like it normally does. So bear with me if I sound a little different in this podcast. I spent a lot of time trying to fix it and I don't want any more time to go by without getting you an actual podcast. <laughs> so I want to honor that up front. If I sound different, I'm sorry and we are working on getting it fixed, but this is what it's going to be for the rest of this podcast today anyway. So bear with me. I'd also like to just acknowledge the the, the feedback I've gotten over the last couple of months. I, I just want to I want to share a few of the feedback, um, of some of the feedback that I've gotten, just to sort of like, yes, that is the point. That is the point of everything that I do here on the Be Guided and Be Great podcast and in the work that I do. So I got a, just a wonderful feedback for the last episode of Intuition um, in Your Marriage and Partnership. And a lot of people reached out saying, you know, I've never even considered that my partner was intuitive as well. I sort of always took that role and I just didn't even dawn on me to include my spouse or my partner. And yeah, I mean, it's just exciting to extend that part of us and and, and deeply acknowledge it within us and begin that journey of seeing it within them, calling it forward, calling it out in them. Um, Not only to get to to know that part of them more intimately and invite them to know that part of themselves, but also so you get to connect with your partner on a spiritual level. Our intuition is the language of our soul. And that intuition all comes through a clair, you know, the clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience, claircognizance. And when we can start bringing in that language into partnership, we do begin to see each other as a soul to soul, rather than that sort of nitty gritty, the personality, um, you know, sometimes the maybe limited emotional reality of both of us. 
and uh, you know who's going to do the dishes. <laughs> so it's kind of exciting to think about partnership. It's certainly exciting to live this way of who they are as a spiritual being. So. And, and I've also gotten, I, I just wanted to share this with you as well. Um, I've had a friend whose father recently passed away and she's been a longtime fan of mine. She's been a longtime friend of mine. I've known her since we were little girls and listening to my podcast, you know, reading my blogs, um, being there to learn about this work has prepared her for this moment. So she'd reached out and said, you know, I just want to let you know that because I've been listening for so long and been paying attention, I do feel like you've prepared me for this moment. And that just touched my heart so much because that that is why we give ourselves time and space to connect with our intuition, especially when we're not grieving, especially when we're not in trauma. You know, when things are good, it's a wonderful time to go ahead and learn about your intuition, to learn about how you, your clairs work, how which clair works the strongest in you as I have that quiz that you can take at my website. It's for this moment when you do, somebody you love crosses over, you already now have some tools to not only manage the grief and to manage this new reality, but you now have the tools to connect with your loved one as they've crossed over as, or as they go to the other side. Um, there's, a, there's, um, there's some of a complexity there in terms of can you connect with them immediately? Sometimes no, but sometimes yes, you certainly can. And that relationship continues through the, your spiritual language, through your clairs. So I, I just wanted to share a couple of little feedbacks that I've gotten because that is the reason I do the work that I do. <laughs> that is the reason for this podcast, for my blogs, for my newsletters. It's to help you begin or continue this, this gift you have, this tool and skill you have of intuition. It is here for all of us. It's, it, it's not for just those of us that are born this way, because that's a whole other thing. We still have to develop the skill. We still have to understand this part of ourselves. Um, but I, as I say, everyone comes to this work at a different time. And many people wait to the trauma or the grief to come to the table of intuition to come to this work. So I just want to encourage you, if if you're putting it off to kind of us for a someday or maybe later, I'll develop this skill of mine or I'll figure out what that it's all about. I just want to say, you know, my friend has just been listening. She's been paying close attention and sometimes it didn't really connect with her because it didn't have to. But now that a very, you know, her loved one has crossed over, she's already got a lot of the skills going just from having listened to me and my work. So anyway, I just, what I love about that, it wasn't this big grand training. She's just been listening. She's been reading. She's been contemplating. She's actually reached out and asked me questions over the years too. And I'm more than happy to share answers because I love talking about this work. So, okay. And quickly, before we get to the intuitive makeover series, we have an Ask Kate. And this week's Ask Kate comes from Elizabeth from Sacramento, California. And Elizabeth asks, 
I listen to your podcast and am beginning to understand the difference between my and my imagination and my intuition. But how can I better understand the difference between them? Warmly, Elizabeth. Okay, what a fabulous question. I too struggled for a long time trying to understand the difference between them. So let's just start out by saying your intuition is at the same place within you as your imagination is. So I like to kind of use the analogy of your leg, right? So your intuition is like your leg and your imagination would be like your kneecap. So it's it's part of your leg, but it's in a different place. So the nuance is that they are at the same place within you, within your spirit, within your consciousness, within your mind. And the work really would be to ask, start to ask questions. Now, I would direct you to asking your birth guide these questions, but if you aren't trained, if you don't have that skill yet, if you don't have that relationship with your birth guide, just go ahead and tune into your higher self. So you, what happens is you're naturally in your, in your imagination. You know, since you're a little kid, often that's where we've contexted our intuition. So, you know, you know when we had a, like a little ghost friend, we, we all labeled that like imaginary friend. Get it, right? That's that little refinement. So we contexted it as imaginary friend. So when really it was your intuition that you were seeing the ghost uh, because of your clairvoyance. <laughs> so that's where we, we do have a lot of reframing of our history of how we labeled our intuition because in fact, uh, okay, so let's just say we had imaginary friends, i.e. we saw the ghost or we could feel their presence and we were like, oh, that's an imaginary friend. But how about you're a little kid and you're envisioning books you would write or characters you could be? The nuance would be, well, were the characters actually spirits? And if not, you were perhaps in your imagination. So there is a difference there where a guide can even tell you, okay, this is the book that you're going to write. And you can get all these downloads, you can get images, you can get, you can like feel what your characters will look like in the book that you'll write. Um, and so the guidance would be, you're going to write a book. And then the downloads would be this the imaginary part where you're bringing it in. You know, let's say you, you're, you create furniture and so maybe a furniture person, you know, somebody who creates furniture would be like driving their car and they would have images of, you know, the, what would the wood look like? What would the fabric or upholstery look like? So the look, what would it look like would be the imagination that is talking to the intuition. You know, you're guided to create this new uh, sofa or chair and the imagination part is what would that look like? What, col what colors, what textures would it be? So there is this dance between the intuition is giving you the guidance, but the possibility comes down and through your imagination. So a lot of intuitives work with ghosts would be like, we need to slow it down enough to know, oh, look, I'm seeing that clairvoyantly. Maybe I hear their voice that would be clairaudient. Maybe I can feel them standing next to me. So none of that is imagined. That's happening in real time. 
And the work with that would be like, well, who is it? What are they saying? And you know, there's no imagination actually part of that landscape. That's happening in real time. But what if you, you know, through clairvoyantly, you saw a ghost in your mind's eye, so they weren't standing by you. Well, maybe it's not a ghost. Maybe it's a character. Maybe it's a character for your story. So there really can take time to develop the skill of slowing everything down enough to know even what you're doing. Did you get guidance to create a new chair? And then all these things that you imagine would be the potential creativity of that chair. It's not a chair in your mind that's real. (laughs) Or maybe you're remote viewing an old house. You know, it could be there's a lot of different places that these images can mean, especially to an intuitive, to a sensitive, to a psychic. So to make it as simplistic as possible, you would just start to ask questions around that. The best place to go would be to ask your birth guide. But if you don't have that skill yet, just kind of hand over heart, acknowledge that you're having images, um, and then kind of ask yourself, is this for me or is this for somebody else? Because sometimes we, as sensitives, get images even for, you know, imaginations, if you will, for our loved ones or for people that are close to us or that we're energetically attached to. So that's an important question. Is this for me or is this for somebody else? And you kind of listen for your higher self to answer. If you feel like, oh, this, this is really for me, just like, is this something I'm supposed to create? You know, you learn to start asking your intuition questions. That's the most profound thing you can do for your intuition is start to ask questions around it. You know, is this for me? Is this for somebody else? What's the timeline? Am I supposed to create this? And if so, what's the timeline? Am I am I out five years? Am I out two years? Is this happening like now? So yes, Elizabeth, I love that you're already starting to kind of know the nuances. And there is a difference between intuition and imagination, though they are in you at the same place. Okay. So I hope that helps Elizabeth and I hope that helps all of you guys that have that question. I know I certainly did. Where, what the hell is the difference (laughs) between imagination and intuition? And they are in fact very different, but they reside within us in the same place. Okay, now let's get to the Intuitive Makeover series. So I just want to tell a couple of stories about how I too went from sort of, you know, just seeing my children as, you know, in a very three-dimensional way to actually getting to know them on a deeply spiritual level. And being a parent, first and foremost, is a deeply spiritual pursuit. It doesn't matter how you come to the table with that. It is, in fact, that precious and that beautiful. And I do have to say up front, again, like my lens will be different than your lens in terms of I really never, uh, because of the programming that I received as a young person, as a young woman, I really didn't know if I'd ever have children. Um, So even the journey of motherhood coming to me was surprising and unique all on its own. But do not go down several rabbit holes of storytelling. I'd like to say just, first of all, I always, I did as a sensitive feel of like a, I felt a daughterly female presence around me 
for a long time, but I was very aware of it around 21 years old. I just kind of felt like she wants to come through me. And I felt like this powerful presence outside of myself. And on some level, I understood this was my daughter. And yet I felt very broken. I felt very, um, I had like constantly kind of said this unconscious prayer to her, you know, wait until I get married, wait until I fall in love. Like, I can't just bring you in, you know, we, so we can have these sort of dialogues um, with our children before they even come in. And for me, it was this sort of prayer, please wait till I find somebody um, that could be a good father. And so um, when I finally did get pregnant, um, I just knew it was her. I knew that I was bringing in my daughter. And yet on my husband's side of the family, they all have boys. <laughs> and we, on my one side of my family, they all have boys as well. So my husband kind of kept saying, even though I was determined and just knew it was our daughter, he would kind of always say, no, I think it's probably going to be a boy, Kate. So, and, um, I think I was around three months. It was before I could have an ultrasound to find out what the sex of the child was. Um, I was kind of in that waking, in between waking and sleep phase. And I very had this experience. So the difference between like a dream and an experience is like it, you, it does feel like it's happening. You're kind of already awake and yet this is happening. So I was not in the deep sleep realms. So I was pregnant and I'm very much thinking it was a girl. And all of a sudden I had an experience where this little boy opened my bedroom door and he goes, mom, wake up. And so for, uh, for that moment, I thought, okay, well, maybe this is a boy because that was definitely a little boy. And he was like already talking and bossing me around. <laughs> but, you know, so I doubted myself. I thought, okay, it was probably a boy. So we did have the ultrasound and sure enough, it was the girl. And I just, I knew it was anyway. So because of that mom wake up, I was like, okay, well, maybe there is a little boy out there um, that we'll have. And other, I was working with intuitives now, you know, by the time I was pregnant with my son um, or going to be, I was, well, I was pregnant with my son. Yeah. So other intuitives were like, this is a boy, no doubt about it. And then we had the ultrasound and it was no doubt the boy. Um, that told me to wake up a few years before. And so, but, but let's go back. When I had my daughter, um, I knew she was around, but I was still very, my intuition was not integrated. It was something I was studying. I was trying to understand and control, but I was not there yet. It felt very willy-nilly. Um, I still saw the world through a very three-dimensional lens and would still probably deny my intuition more than embrace it because it was still so overwhelming and confusing. So um, I, when I had my daughter, I was very much irrationally afraid that she would be taken from me. I was very insecure as a mother. I was secure as a mother for her, and I was very secure in the way I cared for her. But there was still this like insecurity in that, am I going to do it right? Am I going to, um, am I going to do it right? Am I going to know what's right for her? You know, can something go wrong? And I wouldn't know, you know, I was constantly kind of beating myself up mentally. Um, but the thing with her specifically is this real terror of her being taken from me. And I want to just kind of acknowledge that 
um, by the time I did get in, start really pursuing my intuition, there were three separate intuitives that out of the blue told me that she was taken from me in a past life, specifically her soul, specifically her spirit too, was was a child of mine in a very recent past life and was in fact taken from me. So that's not a coincidence when you have three separate intuitives out of the blue tell you your exact irrational fear to your face and offer the exact same solution. Now that's why I love intuition. And I love the ability to, for, for others especially, to be brave enough and generous enough to share their guidance with me, with me too, because they actually healed my heart in a lot of ways because my irrational fear of her being taken was so extreme. I remember one time being at Barnes Noble in New England, and when she started to walk, I actually put a really cute little like toddler leash, you know, that was attached to a cute little backpack. And a lot of the New England people did not, <laughs> they did not like that. <laughs> so, I mean, it was to the point of, I was a little bit humiliated. And then of course I stopped. I did that like twice and they were also like, what the hell are you doing? But I couldn't language to strangers that were telling me what to do with my daughter. Uh, you know, I'm irrationally scared. Somebody's going to grab her from me. So it wasn't until we moved to Colorado and she was like two where I finally had access to um, really talented intuitives who all three told me she was taken from you. And so that spiritual guidance really started to heal my heart and be able to let go of what once happened did not mean it was going to happen in this life. So it was really interesting because when I got pregnant with my son, um, I was very much in mentorship and I was meditating and I, I started to really work with my thoughts and get some control around them. And so the interesting thing with him is I'm much more grounded in my intuition and who I am and my confidence as a mother is just much, much better. So I'm, my daughter would go down for naps as a toddler and I'd take that time to meditate every single day. And at the time, um, I was thinking about baby names and I was thinking about something strange like Vigo or Victor or even Stone. And we had a news guy named Stone Phillips here in the States a long time ago. And so I was thinking of all these like kind of weird names and fun names and one day I'm in meditation and, you know, everything's going along as it normally did. You know, I saw my birth guide and just kind of checking on my energetic system and stuff. And all of a sudden this 30 year old man with golden hair stepped forward and he said his name and he said, I am your son. And I was just in complete shock and awe because I was you know, in no way expecting this experience. And he, again, we had been talking about names and he very much gave me his name. <laughs> and I just couldn't believe this man was my, was my son. And so over the course of a few months, he would pop in. I would kind of get to know him. Um, I would know him as a soul on a soul level. And it was just absolutely incredible. And so I, I was around my eighth month of pregnancy and again, sat down to do my regular meditation. And all of a sudden, this, this bird arrived and instructed me to get on its back. 
And so I get on its back and it flies me up to these like heavenly temples. And so the bird flies me in into one of these big sky temples and we come in through a big window. And when I come in through the window and I get off the bird, my son is laying as a man, as a 30 year old man, he's like laying in this, I don't know how to describe it other than, you know, words are futile when trying to describe heaven, but he's laying in this kind of heavenly bed and all of these beings are around him. And I was very clear. It was like telepathically spoken to me, like these are his soul family. Like these are his people. And they all looked at me and I had this profound humility. I was so humbled to know that this precious soul was, I was to take care of this precious soul. The knowings were so profound. It's just gives me goosebumps even to this day. And so that, that sort of last month, I didn't, he didn't come to me in meditation because I understood he was processing to come into his little body and come into this dimension. So, okay, right? I've had a very three-dimensional experience of getting pregnant, having a baby and experiencing that baby on a very three-dimensional, very like earthly live or die. I have to save, you know, make sure she survives type experience. And then with my second child, it was the exact opposite where my entire experience, um, even before he, I held his little body, was a complete spiritual relationship. I could have had that with my daughter had I been awake. <laughs> um, I don't necessarily regret that I missed out on that experience with her because um, maybe because this is some of the work that I teach and talk about. And I think it was really important for me to know what it was like to have been a mother very three-dimensionally and how different it is with integrated intuition. So he was born, you know, medium. I, I could I could carry on and on about, and I will, I will do a podcast specifically about our children, about there's so many different intricacies. There's so many different reasons why we have the children we do. But for this sake, we're going to, you know, I'm going to really try hard to keep it very actionable and specific to the intuitive makeover where the being a parent before intuition is integrated and what that looks like after and some of the steps you two can take um, to go ahead and do that like active program, much like a workout program for the before and after after picture of a physical makeover. So let's just jump into that. Okay. So like, what did I look like? What did most people look like as a parent before integrated intuition? You know, again, there's lots of rhythms and people and in myself, I'm feeling very anxious that there's often very irrational anxiousness um, of all the things we don't know, of all the X factors. Um, if you're a sensitive, you actually do feel that on a very different level than most people, dare I say. If you have access to like past lives and you don't know that, that could be playing out for you um, in your before picture. Like I said, I had an experience with this particular soul with my daughter and of her being my daughter and being taken from me. So without that knowledge, that plays out as irrational terror, right? When they gave me the piece that it was actually past life related, 
I could actually heal and integrate that story of us into our life today. And I could go forward to heal that and put that behind us rather than letting that play out subconsciously. Maybe your before picture looks like just fearful. I mean, they're babies and there's so many things that could go wrong. Um, and we talked about the paranoia, you know, if that past life stuff could come up. Um, I think another really big thing that would be in our before picture would be we feel maybe overly controlling. Um, you know, I was the mother for sure that checked on her 10 times through the night to check, make sure she was breathing. I was the mother that maybe tormented myself. You know, if you're getting up like six times, 10 times a night, you're not sleeping very well. And so you're not, you know, your best the next day. So that controlling can really do things that actually spin us out as parents. That makes it harder for us to be good parents. And, and, you know, we're not taking care of ourselves because of maybe all the subconscious stuff that before we have intuition intuition that guides us and supports us we we just are we are feel fearful we are paranoid we are controlling because we are trying to do the best that we absolutely can and for some of us very much feeling alone in the pursuit of it so let's talk about what the after picture looks like certainly for me and for a lot of my clients that do have a before and after um, integrated intuition in their lives too. So the after picture is you feel so much more relaxed because you know you're being guided and you know you'll know what you need to know when you need to know it. That's like basic intuition stuff. You can relax into, I am tuned in. I know I'll be guided. I know if the guides say jump up, I will jump. You know, it's just you're going with the flow of intuition. You feel so much more trusting because you trust your guides, you trust yourself, and then you trust your child because you know that they'll also give you cues when there's something you need to know to make sure everything's okay for them. Um, integrated intuition after picture would look like you feel so much more supported so you're able to support your child. You know, when you have guidance, the guidance supports you. Your intuition is there to support you. Your guides are there to support you. Your relationship with God or your creator or however you language that. Intuition connects you to that higher realm where you receive pure and trustworthy guidance. So you feel that as when you have integrated intuition. You're able to feel so much more joyful because you're not tizzing out and all these subconscious, like the subconscious does not have total control over how you parent and how you feel about being a parent. You're not always in catastrophe mode when your intuition's integrated. You can feel that joy. You can feel that peace. You can feel excited because when you get to know your children, when you know your children on a soulful level, you already know there's so much you don't get a say in. You know, we when I saw my son's spirit family in that tower, I understood um, I am here to provide and protect in very in a, in a very earthly way, and not to get in the way of who he is here to be. That would be the same for her, though I didn't have that exact experience with her. But it's the same with her. There is so much out of our control. There is so much of 
parenting that we absolutely take care of the needs and the fundamentals. Yes, of course, that's obvious. But also when you're guided, you can go where you need to for that particular spirit, that particular soul that you're parenting. Um, you, It's exciting because you who they become is just as unknown to you as anything could possibly be. You don't know. And on a same level, you do know, because when you can connect with them on a soulful level, it's just like so exciting because you get to be front row to who they are here to be. And if a soul has come into life, there is meaning and purpose And I don't care about how grand it is ultimately. That does not matter. But the breath, the spirit within the body is such an exciting thing to be a part of, to witness, and certainly to be a parent to while we're all here on the planet together. So let's talk about what are the, I just want to, I want to, because this is such a complex conversation in the makeover sense I want to keep this as concise as I possibly can (laughs) so I'm going to give you four steps to take to get to know your child on a soulful level and to integrate your intuition so you can connect with them on that level okay the first step to take is to tune into their spirit. So what that looks like is you're sitting down and um, I'd invite you, of course, to take a, in a quiet space to imagine, to view, to think of, to see clairvoyantly your child um, visually. And then go towards the center of their heart and just tune into who they are as a spirit. What does their spirit feel like? What does it look like? What does it sound like? What is it doing? Is it dancing? Is it praying? Is it silly? You know, kind of with not no judgment, just observe what kind of spirit they have. Really as a spirit, you know, they could be really grouchy, but have this really playful and excited spirit. And there would be lots of questions to ask off of that, but tune into their spirit and and just observe what you experience there. Number two, again, with all intuition, the transformative part is to learn to ask questions. So number two is to ask questions to their spirit or soul or their higher self. You know, who are you? What are you here to do? And just observe the answers or the impressions you get intuitively. Um, Learning to ask those questions, it helps you, you know, um, in a non-judgmental way, but just really with curiosity, you know, what are you and who are you? And number three would be to also get a look at or get to know their birth guide. Um, As moms, as parents, sometimes it's very hard to get a clear read on our children because we do. You can't take our wants and desires out of the equation for them. And so sometimes when I can feel I'm inserting or projecting, I will actually talk to the kids' birth guides to get, you know, I certainly will ask my own guide as well, my birth guide, 
But I'll, I'll go ahead and look at their spiritual help. Where is their birth guide? What do they look like? What do they sound like? What do they feel like? And um, a great place to go when I can feel myself in my own way is to go to their birth guide too and get guidance for me to help them. Um, so that would be the third part. And the fourth part is, as always, is to journal what you get. None of these steps are so black and white. None of the things I say to you is like, yeah, just sit down and talk to their soul. Like that can feel really abstract and it can feel like there can be a huge void at the beginning, but we do have to start somewhere. So the journaling part is because this is a skill to learn and it is something to be witnessed and it's, it's an action where we're learning to what to say and how to say it and what whom to say it to. <laughs> All of these things can take time. And because of sometimes the impatience of it all, the journaling can show you how far you have come. Because with intuition, we do constantly sort of up the stake of it. Um, something can be really cool today that bores us tomorrow. So we are, in, and that's something of a skill, right? Because you can do it at this level doesn't mean that you stay content with the information that you get. So just be really aware of the journaling is important because um, you get used to it and you do on a subconscious level demand more um, and that's okay. And putting it in the journal can help you reflect on how much information you do have, on how long or how short it took you to get it. And then finally, I just want to give you a couple of troubleshooting um, solutions, right? So not all spirits are the same. And so how we parent one kid is not how we would parent the other. Just meaning that, um, you know, the second troubleshooting thing would be the nuance of knowing what type of soul or spirit your kid is. Again, I've expressed that I have a daughter that's an angel and I have a son that would be kind of more broadly considered like a star kid. And therefore, my angel doesn't talk as much as my star kid would. And that's really important to know what type of soul they are. So though the angel kid doesn't talk very much, it would be my job to remind her that a lot of people need communication with words where my star kid has no problem talking and communicating, but he has other things that would need my eye and my guidance on to help refine that in him, to bring out other things in him that are not as obvious as maybe with her. She has other things that um, are very easy for her that are not for him. So that's what I mean by they're different people. They're different spirits. And that is important to know so that you know how to communicate with them. We are not wanting them to be the same people. So we want to watch that nuance of how we deliver information to them. And then finally, a great troubleshooting um, solution would be to go to Ainsley McLeod's work and find out what level of soul they are. Oh, knowing what level of soul really helps you know when to push and when to pull. It know it really helps you know where to have compassion um, and some patience because if they are a younger soul, well, you wouldn't scold them for not knowing something that 
they just simply couldn't possibly know at that soul level. So that would be another really wonderful thing as a parent to go towards, just kind of play with, to learn about, to explore potentially the level of soul your child is. Okay, so as we are at the end of this podcast, one of the final things I would like to say, and I I probably should have said it earlier, but I've been reading this wonderful book called, uh, it's by John Bradshaw. It's called Healing the Shame That Binds You. Um, And so when we're talking about intuition, intuition is an active part of us that connects to our spiritual and our soul and our life purpose, things like that. So as a parent, it's really important to, you know, like whatever whatever comes up, the important thing is to know there's a difference between like your emotions and your history and your relationship with your child. So meaning that one of the things that helps your intuition is to make sure that your emotions are healed that you're you're continuing to heal and go deep in your emotional excavation as an individual um, so that we as parents don't project that onto the next generation onto our children and so you as a parent just want to make sure not only are you taking care of your intuition but that you're taking care of your emotions and certainly and always making sure that you take care of your mental health as well and especially if you're a clairaudient, that means you can hear other voices, and whether that's down lower vibration ghost realm or higher vibrational um, angel tele- telepathy. <laughs> so mental work for you would be super, super important. And it can be something as simple as like Louise Hay's work where she dives deeper into exploring your thoughts and what that means. Um, to organizing your thoughts, to there's just a lot of help out there. So you just want to make sure that, you know, not only are you taking care of your intuition and your emotions and your mind, but your body too. And so all of these things being cared for within you is the most beautiful way to be there to help your child do the same. And as you, they watch you take care of this, these parts of you this is a first language to them where it will, they'll never be adults and go, gee, what's wrong with me? I have no idea. I don't even know that I have emotions or thoughts. Who has that? I barely think, you know, of course, of course they do. (laughs) So I just wanted to give you a little encouragement about, you know, the other parts of us as parents that are really important and that you don't have to go it alone. And one of the beautiful things about having a guided life is that you're, Guides can give you insight. They can lead you back to your center and your truth. They can tell you and do tell you um, the next step that you too can take in the journey of your healing. So, well, that's our final episode in the Intuitive Makeover series. And next week, I'm so excited to share my interview with Financial Wellness Coast. financial wellness coach, excuse me, Megan DeBoer. And so not only will you have a podcast, but I will also be posting the video of that interview on my website at Kate St. Clair. So I will see you next week. In the meantime, take care. If you're interested in finding out which is the strongest Claire in you, 
Go to my website at katesaintclair.com and take the quiz, Which Claire Are You? Until next time, remember, it's your birthright to be guided and be great.